Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode five. We had a great week last week. We hope you had a chance to listen to our last podcast. Um, Robert, how's your week going? Week is going well. We're busy. We're getting ready for dedication, which is uh, when the family comes and the school gets dedicated to Tyrone Thompson. And that's next Friday, September 30th. So it's a busy time sending out invitations and making sure all the logistics are, are good. Now, this is your third year, correct? Yeah. So is the reason why the dedication is in year three because of the pandemic? Or It is. So the first year, okay. we couldn't do anything because of the pandemic. And then last year, we were just getting going and you had masks and everything. Uh, and then we decided to do the dedication on September 30th because that would be uh, Mr. Thompson's 55th birthday. Oh, wow. So that's just the day we went with. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I'm sure his family is going to love that. They're excited. It's going to be fun. We got we can't do formal at Thompson, so we're going to do some fun things with some videos and other stuff. So it's going to be fun. It'll be a fun night. Oh, I can't wait for you to share. Speaking of Tyrone Thompson and our school district and how our school district um, operates, I have a question for you that I've been reading a lot about in the news, it just came up again, and that is the proposal of breaking up our the fifth largest school district in the United States, Clark County School District. It services over 300,000 students. It covers, correct me if I'm wrong, but over 90 miles, Probably. correct? It so goes to Laughlin and it goes to Mesquite. So Mesquite, Moapa, yeah. yes. And so um, we've got Boulder City in there. We've got Henderson, North Las Vegas. Um, far Northwest Centennial Hills. It's huge. It's It's huge. So, uh, and I've shared before, my sister lives in Phoenix and she lives in North Phoenix. And so they have so many school districts. Obviously they're a bigger city than us, but I would say fairly comparable semi. Um, and so I just, I'd love to know as a principal, what your thoughts are on breaking up the school district into I, smaller I, districts, I guess. Yeah, I go, I go back and forth. I'm not, I'm not a school choice person. Um, I feel like you should fix the school that you're at. So if it's going to <laughs> hold uh, on, stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this is not planned. This is how people know this is not planned. Yeah, it's not. Okay. If you're not school choice, then why zone variances? Well, they got rid of those now. Okay. But before, <laughs> But before, well, again, this is not me. I'm not now. There's two different sides. Personally, I'm not a school choice person. I think if you're if you move into the zone, that's the zone you pick. The school should work with those kids. But as a parent, if the school that I go to, if it stinks, then I would want my kids to go somewhere else. So again, it's a personal okay. thing. <laughs> it's a it's a personal thing. I just think you should. So you pick- want the option, but but. Not necessarily for everybody. <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think school choice is going to fix all the problems. I don't. Um, we're going off on a tangent here, away from the breaking up of the district. But <laughs> school of choice. Okay, if you can choose your school. So let me give you a scenario, Abby. Back okay. when we were at Smith, we had to have 494 kids or we would lose a teacher. Mm-hmm. So then I would get to 492 on close account day and I would sign two zone variances. So parents were choosing to come from a school to Smith and that would give us 494. Then we wouldn't lose any teachers that 
I don't I don't agree with it. But as an admin, I was doing what I had to do for the school so that we didn't lose a teacher and have to move a bunch of kids around. So when you look at it from that standpoint, um, sure, I'll take advantage of it. As a person, if you want to get out of the school that you don't like, or let's say that you're at a school that is a one-star school and it's next to a five-star school, we can't take everybody that's good from the one-star school to the five-star school because you're taking resources, you're taking proficient students, you're taking you know, students who... Uh, whose parents care and you put them at the five-star school, you're never going to be able to turn around that one-star school when they're losing so much stuff. So I think that everyone should stay at that school and we should rebuild it from within. Thus, you don't lose resources. You don't lose students who are proficient and all that. That's my personal my personal thoughts on that. So I'm not... I just thought it was interesting yeah. because I wasn't expecting you to say that because I kind yeah. of honestly consider you the king of zone variances. Well, and, you have, to, you have and, to... As my principal, I am supposed to advocate for the school and make sure that we are... Yes. We are good. No, okay, but... I am not the king. There's someone way worse than me that does a <laughs> lot of worse stuff. But I, No, I'm just saying though, you... And I just don't know where to draw the line. Well, I, I personally feel like the line should be should be drawn with staff and your support staff if their kids want to go there. But, um, but I think when you get into, you know, for instance, we had a zone variance that you signed that um, was somebody who had went to our school a long time ago. And was no longer in our zone. Their kid was much older. I want to say like maybe even late middle school, early high school. And then they had another child and they just loved Smith so much that they wanted a zone variance. And I, but just like you said, I understand loving the school, but stay at your school because then what happens is it's this trickle down effect of now we have this other kid. And then, Oh, by the way, I have another kid next year. I forgot to tell you that, you know, there's a four-year-old brother that's coming up next. And so in 2019, 2020, 29 in kindergarten, four classes. It was overloaded. We didn't have the manpower. We were just drowning. And that was to me an overabundance of zone variances. And I, I I feel like as an, as somebody who has been the new teacher in the school, the lowest on the totem pole, we all were there at one time or another. We all were there. Yep. You have to put your time in just like everybody else. And when you, when you, get hired by Robert at his school, there is the chance that you may get surplused. That's just the way it is. And I understand you don't want to lose a good teacher and nobody, but Hey, isn't there an opportunity to come back, but you can't go knock on doors just to save one teacher in my opinion. So that's the teacher perspective and that's fine. But when you look at it from an admin point of view, taking two kids from another school to save a save your whole staff and not have you to cause to move, not have not cause you to have to move teachers from one grade mm-hmm. level to another, all of the kids around in a grade level. When we were at Thompson, our first year, we had to surplus five teachers, but it affected half the staff because you mm-hmm. had to have teachers move from kindergarten to first grade. Mm-hmm. You had to have teachers move from third to fourth. You have to move those kids and disperse them. So I am not a huge fan of surplus, thus from admin side to do what's right for kids, for the school, you have to take on those responsibilities. So if the, 
if the school district were to break up, you're still going to run into that, though. You're still going to run into somebody, you know, right on a line, on a district line. So say we have Clark County School District and we have Northwest, you know, uh, a school district and you're right on the line. And somebody says, well, I don't want to be in Clark County School District. I want to be in Northwest. And you go to that superintendent or that that principal and say, hey, can I get a zone variance? You're still going to run into it. So, I, yeah. I, yeah. I appreciate well, the new, the new, um, the, COSA. It's, it's a, a new, law. it's a new COSA. Yeah. Well, you don't have zone variances anymore. Now we have change of school assignments. So a school that's overloaded, um, can't take more zone variances. So hypothetically at Smith, if our max capacity was 492 and I need 494, they're not going to let me take two more anymore. It's not going to work that way, Got which it. is good. But there's ways around everything. People can fabricate paperwork. That's true. People can do this. So the COSA that we have now, change of school assignment, is the new zone variance. There's always ways around it. But if you break up the district, going back to that, I think what's going to end up happening, where I think you're going, tell me if I'm wrong, is that people are going to have to pick where they want to go. Not necessarily the students, but the teachers. So you're going to have the same the same problem losing resources for certain schools as well. I think that's where you're going with it. So if you have four, let's say you break Vegas up into four regions, northeast, mm-hmm. northwest, southwest, southeast. And the southwest pays 10 grand more than the northeast. Well, then you'll have an influx of teachers come to the southwest. Then you would have an influx of parents who perhaps are not happy with the northeast who want to come to the Southwest for the better teachers. I think you'll get a lot of that, um, which would not help. And then in a roundabout way, it's school choice again. So you're not Mm -hmm. fixing the problem. I think to me, the biggest concern as a teacher would be the simple fact of the benefits of having a super large district like we do is everybody's on the same playing field. So whether you're in a lower economic area you're still getting paid as the same as the teachers that are in Southern Highlands. For the most or, part. Um, okay, explain that. You well, said you for the most earn, part. You know, there are certain schools that are in a lower socioeconomic status area, lower SE area, that you could earn bonuses if you mm-hmm. meet your certain map or map, you know, certain growth. So for the most part, you're on a certain playing field, but you also have one or two star schools who – are mandated to have less kids in a classroom. So you might have 18 in the first grade rather than 21 at Thompson in the suburbs. But in terms of salary, for the most part, you're on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. If the district broke up, they could, they could all say, well, we're going to pay this, we're going to pay that, we're going to pay this, depending on their budget, their tax structure, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think a, that's I think that's it. the hesitation. You know, I, I have my friend that I've shared before. She's a kindergarten teacher in Kentucky, and so they have a lot of little small districts. That's how it is in Washington. You know, just right next to one another, just these little districts. And so you could you can be teaching, you know, ten minutes from your house in a totally different district than your than where your mm-hmm. kids go to school, and um, and so essentially she can she can pick and choose and say well i'd rather work for this district because of these benefits or be, you know uh, of this uh, of the pay scale or whatever mm-hmm. it is so i think 
in theory, it sounds like it's it would be a good idea. One thing that also intrigues me is the simple fact of competition. Yes. <laughs> it, I, I love the idea of um, of having a district that, you know, has a superintendent that may their philosophy on education might be, um, as we spoke about last week in our in our last podcast, you know, OK, we want to we want to really focus in on, you know, r- running with the kids or we want to focus in on hands on learning. We want to focus in on. SEL, whatever it is, I would love to have, I would love to see what that would look like with different superintendents. Um, Just, I think that would be something that would interest teachers. You know, I would like, just like you, Robert, people say, I want to go work at Thompson. Mm -hmm. I want to go work at this school. I want to work with this principal. So I think it would be kind of similar. Competition is not bad because, you know, if let's just say, let's hypothetically say that the Southwest where we're at is going to pay $10,000 more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have more people to choose from, which then the competition gets stiff because which teacher do I want to fit my needs? Now, all of a sudden I have 15 lined up rather than one, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking from my own standpoint, we have three people off the top of my head, four that drive a long way to work at Thompson. So three of them uh, technically live in what would be Henderson Southeast. If the Southeast is offering 10 grand more, they're not going to continue to drive to Thompson probably, even though they love it, when they can A, save gas money, and B, make $10,000 more. So you have the competition piece for sure because, again, everybody, everybody has to look out for number one sometimes. And you have to think, okay, is driving to Thompson worth – Mm-hmm. To pay being paid ten thousand dollars less, uh, so competition would be a good thing because you would compete for all of the teachers in the valley. Uh, you know, again, if you're the lowest paid of the four, well, then you can reasonably expect, I think, that people are going to migrate to one of the other three areas. And I think one of the bad things I think might happen is then, I mean, this might be an admin bad thing for a lot of admin out there is every year or two years, if they're changing the salary structure and it's a competition and the Southeast has got pays more this, uh, this year. And then the Southwest mm-hmm. pays more next year, a lot of have a constant movement and that's never good because you can't get a cohesive group that way. So I think that would be a challenge to it as well. I, I agree. I, but I'm not quite sure. I, I think that's a potential problem. I'm not sure if that would actually be a realistic, if that would actually happen. It would though. depend on their budget. But, you know, if you're going to recruit people, like that's why Vegas is already in trouble is because they didn't have the the salary to recruit people. So if now not only are you just trying to recruit Vegas, people to Vegas, all of a sudden now you're trying to recruit to people to Vegas and the Southwest and the Northeast. So you kind of got a double whammy there. You, you can't... Uh, you know, everyone who starts in Vegas now is $50,115 unless they're coming from a different state and got paid more. Well, now all of a sudden that's not equal. So I'm battling the, the Northwest or whoever to try to recruit people to Vegas, but also to my side of Vegas. Well, then I, another another interesting point would also be the seniority. Because right now That's with one point. district, with one district, we have seniority. So in some ways, 
that would be a bad thing because you have teachers that have a high seniority, but then at the same time, you have teachers that are in high seniority that maybe you wish didn't have high seniority. Very true. So, so I think that would be that if the district does, you know, if, if the move and I don't, if it does happen, I can't imagine it's going to happen anytime soon because I'm sure there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of logistics that has to go into that. Yeah. I think and it'd a be lot a couple of approval years. And, but, um, you know, how would that all work out? You know, because know. That, does everybody just reset and start at zero? <laughs> you know how the list. Okay. So if you're not from Las Vegas and you've never worked in the Clark County School District, you might not understand this, but when you get hired, you get like an employee number. And so the earlier, far back in, let's say into the seventies or eighties that you were hired, your, your number is lower. So it's always really interesting to see people's numbers and you're like, what? <laughs> Their yeah. number is, you know, so low. So that's a good point. You know, do you, do we all, is there some kind of agreement where you keep your seniority and it's just re, re I don't see how you could though. I don't see how you could, how you could keep your seniority in a, in a brand new district. But why you couldn't know? you though? Because if you just say, if you just, this pot of people is in the Southwest and you basically just re-rate them, basically how long they've been teaching or in the district, I think you could just reshuffle it um, because you wouldn't I want everybody. I don't know if I was, okay, if I was. You wouldn't, now there's no way the union would agree that everybody goes back to zero because then if I had to <laughs> surplus five people and I'm surplusing Abby Peterson, who's taught 19 years, mm-hmm. but we're all back at zero. That just, I don't think that they would ever be okay with that. But okay, true. But also, Robert, this is kind of up your alley. Okay, who's going to meet the expectations? So if you are the teacher that has 19 years of seniority, are you meeting the expectations that your that the district has set for you? And so if you want to keep your, I mean, that's how it is in a lot of districts is people are like, look, I could be out of here tomorrow. So, you you know, I've told you this and I already mentioned her, but my friend um, from Kentucky, they are, have tenure. So they have to be there a certain amount of years before their job is ever secure. So I think it would be really interesting to see and say, okay, even though you've taught 19 years, you know, uh, there's, there's times when I would love to reshuffle the deck. Not so much now, <laughs> but in the past, there's been times where I would love to. Um, I've always said, I think everybody should be on a one-year contract for your school because then if you're no longer, um, effective, you know, yeah, effective at what I'm trying to do, well, then you're, you're no longer going to be at Thompson, but you're not going to leave the district. You just got to go find and somewhere I think, else. And I blah, blah, blah. and and the one reassuring thing that I I do know is that our dis that regardless if we have one district or two or three or four or however many we have, there are enough teaching. There would be enough teaching positions due to the amount of students we have in the in in the valley. Let's just say that if you were on a one year contract like that, if you I mean, I've read stories online on on um, Facebook groups of teachers that their contract was not renewed. And so they're panicking because they don't have other options. But mm-hmm. if you were in a school that you didn't, your contract was was not renewed, you're almost guaranteed to get it somewhere else within our within make, the valley. You make a good point. So let's just say you work in the Southwest and you're not renewed, but the Northeast sure needs people. You don't have to leave the city. You right. just have to leave your quote unquote district. So that could be advantageous to some of the people who are 
uh, struggling in some areas. Um, I was thinking too. It might not even have to be, you might not even have to leave the district, but um, you might not just get your contract renewed with that school because let's face it, Robert, we're all human. And the reality is, is that sometimes admin and sometimes teachers don't get along either way. Absolutely. And I don't think that's fair for a teacher that really is, maybe is good, just doesn't mesh well with the admin of one way or another. I've had a lot of those. And so I don't want to see somebody, you know, lose out and be, you know, have a black strike through their name because a, a principal was like, look, I can't handle her. She's too much or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're, no, no, no. It, I'm not renewing your contract for the next year. I think that you'd be a better fit at somewhere else. And then you move on. Yeah. There's advantages. I don't think they'd ever get to that. But um, if you're on a one-year contract, you don't get fired. You just need to go find another school. Well, there's mm-hmm. 220 plus elementary schools. So if I was walking into a new elementary school, uh, let's just say I got transferred, I don't know, back to Smith, hypothetically. I didn't hire any of those people. Do Mm -hmm. I want them? Can they handle me? Do they see where I'm trying to go? At the end of one year, I say, okay, I want X, Y, Z person to stay. Now I got to get my people in there to get rolling. I think that would be good because if I take over and I have this group of people I didn't pick, and they don't want to do what I want them to do, nobody's going to be happy. I'm not, they're not. So I I just think there's advantages to that. I wish they would do it. Um, But back to breaking up the district. I have so many people who absolutely want it to happen. I personally don't care either way. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm doing my own thing, whether I'm in the Southwest region or the South region or the West, doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I do. But there's so many people that say competition's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with that. As a teacher, Abby, mm-hmm. if you know I can replace you tomorrow, you're going to step your game up. If you know there's 15 people waiting to get into my school mm-hmm. who will run, you're going to step your game up. So I think competition's a good a good thing. I also think if magically they divide the district into four, and three of the regions, three of the districts had um, full full employees, like it was all full. Well, then we've eliminated three-fourths of the problem, and then the other one can recruit teachers to help them. Okay, you're not, so- You're not, you know, like you'd be, you could help each other, I think, that way. Well, the um, other thing, too, I think that would be really, one reason that is for breaking up the district is that dis- that region I, I know we have regions now but let's just say we like you said hypothetically for let's break the district one district up into four districts think if the northwest district has their own budget they can they're choosing what they want to do with their budget so it would be smart of the northwest west but uh, uh district to say we are going to start paying our support staff 25 dollars an hour And then you are going to be, guess what? You are going to make teachers happy. You're going to make support staff happy. You're going to make teachers happy. And overall, people are going to say, I want, I don't care how much I make over there, but there's support over there. I'm getting the things that I need. So I think that's one of the benefits of having us breaking up and having a smaller district so they can allocate the funds the way they best feel serves their district. That's the argument for it is... CCSD does not necessarily meet the needs of the Southwest right now. 
So if we break it up and the Southwest is all one cohesive unit, it's not so big. We're meeting the needs of the people in the Southwest. That's really the main argument, I think, for breaking it up. Now, but you make another good point. Not only is this teachers, but it's support staff. Mm -hmm. If I'm in charge of the Southwest and I have an influx of support staff leaving in droves because they're getting paid double in -hmm. the Northwest, I have to do something and make it so that people stay in our area. Competition's a good thing for the people. Plus, also, all of a sudden, we have tons of people who want to work as support staff. Again, competition's a good thing. One area that's a bad thing is all of a sudden you have to have four superintendents, four school boards, yes, yeah, four just, cabinets. That was another thing I was thinking of as everything. well. Is it's like we already have a hard enough time getting one superintendent and people agreeing on that. And so, you know, but if other places can do it that have the same amount of people and students such as L.A., and Phoenix, and um, I don't think you 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 won't have a problem getting the people, but you have to pay them. Mm-hmm. So now I let's just let's just say Dr. Jara's cabinet makes a million dollars a year. Well, now you have to have times that four. times four. So right. then you're getting more upper management. Okay, but let's but let's talk but let's break that down. And I I'm getting into stuff that I really have no clue about. Okay. So, but. Okay, the reason why you're getting paid so much is because you are oh, this is maybe maybe um maybe I'm not thinking of this correctly, but this is how it's working out in my mind. You're getting paid so much because this is the fifth largest school district and you are serving 300,000 students, right? Yes. So you cannot tell me that somebody who is the superintendent of uh Springfield, Pennsylvania that's, you know, got you know, a, a thousand kids overall that they're making the same as Jesus Jara. There's just no way. Agreed. So, so it's also going to open up, I think, an opportunity for people. I would love to see, um, I'd love to see principals that have worked in our district move into that kind of role. You know, instead of hiring out from other districts, you have and a other lot places. of positives. You'd have a lot of positives. You have, you know, let's just, there's a, there's a person I'm thinking of right now. If he became the superintendent of the Southwest, that would be awesome because he has been there the whole time. He was a principal there. People know him. Mm -hmm. He lives there. That Southwest matters. And then let's say he hires, I don't know, uh, Pam, who's been on our program Mm -hmm. to be assistant superintendent. She lives in the Southwest. She's a principal in the Southwest. She knows the Southwest. You're catering more to the Southwest needs. You can have people like the superintendent of the Northwest, someone who everybody knows. They understand. They understand the challenges. You know, you can just cater it more to everybody. I think, and you know, they're but they're not going to make three hundred and fifty thousand right, dollars. Right, absolutely. They would make. Let's just let's just cut it in half. Two hundred grand each. You're still paying more for superintendency overall, but are you going to get the money? Are you going to get it back in terms of um, product or uh, the things that this, that the community needs? Well, supposedly, right, right, supposedly, right now we have an influx of money anyway. <laughs> You're not wrong. So uh, I mean, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a that's a podcast for another day, but. 
I mean, can we use the money that we have? Can we use it more effectively? I think we all can agree that, you know, if, if, if four families, you know, have a hundred dollars and one family spending it $90 on the movie theater and, and then scrambling to try to feed the, the family on $10 for the rest of the week. And then you have the opposite on the other family. Okay. So let's figure this out. How are they making it work over here? And how is this one over here not struggling? Yeah, you could do so much with it. See, I was thinking if you have four school districts and let's say the Southwest goes all in on engagement, Kagan, mm-hmm. music, whatever, and the Northwest goes all in on programs, mm-hmm. you're going to have the opportunity to prove which way works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the other thing is the curriculum. I mean, when our district adopts a curriculum and it adopts it for everybody, you're, you have, I mean, let's just be honest, everyone. There are lots of schools that are not using it. There are some schools that are using it with the big F word fidelity, but there are a lot of schools who are like, no, been down this road before and we're not, we're not using this. That's just the reality. So I think it would, I would love for a superintendent to be able to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going down that route. Or someone comes to the Southwest where I'm at and they say, we are doing programs with fidelity. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, Robert has to make a decision. Right. Do I go to the Northwest where they're saying engagement, Ron Clark, get your teach on, teach your heart out. That's our thing. I then have to make a determination. Okay. As competition, you can, uh, you know, you can make the best choice for you if you have more options. Agreed. Agreed. I don't, like I said, I don't think it's, it's certainly not going to happen in the next year. I don't see it happening. I think there's a lot of, I think the legislature will look at it very carefully next year and they will either, uh, say yes to it or no to it. And if they did say it next year, I think it would take a year. So you're looking at 24, 25, probably. At the minimum. At, at the minimum. The because there's there's so – I mean, we've brought up several good, solid points here. You've got, you know, seniority. You've got a lot of things that – Well, and we haven't even talked about tax structure. Right, right. You have to you have to break the district Figure up some out way. Figure how that's all going to go into play. And, yeah. Um, and then again, drawing lines and all, all of that, you know, you have, um, you know, our high schools are spread out, you yeah. know, um, a lot of times our schools feed in, well, all of our schools feed in our, our elementary schools feed into middle schools, which then feed into high schools. You got to make sure that, you know, those districts, and then you have people that play sports. We have a lot of magnet schools. You're not wrong there. You got <laughs> sports, you got magnet schools. <laughs> then you got to have four different transportation yeah, units for different school lunch units. Um, it, it would be such a monumental task. And that's why I personally think it'll never happen mm-hmm. because politicians cannot agree on anything these days. So I, I, I if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I got, yeah. well, you know, we'll that's, see. That's fine, we'll see. I mean, time, time always tells. It does. Time always tells. So we'll see. But um, this has been interesting because I, I, like I said, I, I don't feel very, well read on the on the yeah. subject only what i read in the media which we know that isn't always um yeah, there's, there's people that are passionate about it um you know i know one principal that's like break it up break it up break it up and then i'm like eh, doesn't really matter to me but it might when it's done you know right now it doesn't uh it doesn't matter to me but that's just me 
And maybe by the time it's done, you'll be retiring. <laughs> maybe. It might take seven years. You, or six. I, it might. I don't know. You, you never know. Well, no matter where you stand on the issues. It's all about perspective. Thanks for joining us today. See you next week. Thank <laughs> you.